0: Lift up your Bible, and you can say this after me. Lord Jesus, influence me this morning. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit will revive us, continue to revive us through your word, and people who walk in will never go back the way they came in, Father. So we speak, we trust, uh, and we ask you to reveal more of your heart. And I am... Here, just like a vessel, and you will use me, Father. That the words that's come out of my mouth will be yours. In Jesus' name, Amen. So, last week we talked about baptism of the Holy Spirit. This week, it's kind of a rollover from the same topic, but it's a specific topic I want to address, which is a very familiar one. Many of you might know. It's called character versus charisma. Character versus charisma. Why I say this? Because in a church setting like this or in any group organization setting like this, there is a tendency to elevate the gifts and not the character. And that's why sometimes too early uh, someone are promoted and their character is not there, so they fall in a very bad way. And you might have noticed even among some of our celebrities they are extremely talented, but there is no character to sustain them. And the world is kind of full of them. And sadly, instead of church representing a model to the world, sadly the church copies the world. So what happens is in the church, we usually immediately, the gifts are elevated and the character is messed up. So I want to really talk about the, the, the gifts And the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But before that, I thought of, uh, you know, just to break it down. What is character? What is charisma? Character is who you are. Charisma is what you do. It's very simple. Character is who you are. Charisma is what you do. And the world we live in is the world how it talks about what you do defines who you are. You're getting my point. What you do defines who you are. So you are a good actor, so you can lead us. That's why in in Tamil Nadu, the only way to get into politics, you need to be an actor. So you make dialogues in the movie theater, and then people flog thinking that you're going to lead my country. And for 50 years, this state has been ruled by cinema industry. If you look at all the politicians and I think even it spills over to other states like Andhra, Telangana some of those uh, places if you see the politicians always have a tie up with the film industry what's my point? It's nothing wrong I'm not against the film industry what is wrong is we fail to understand that to sustain a nation more than the charisma character is needed To sustain a family more than the gifts your character is needed. To sustain any organization. For example, even Papa's house. For me, my gifts are to teach, to encourage, prophecy. These are my gifts. My wife's gifts are to sing, to intercede, to counsel. So some of you had a one-on-one with her. You feel blessed with her. But more than all of that, what's more important is... How me and my wife treat one another. How me and my wife treat our kids. How we live private life determines our public life. Before David had his public victory, he has to go through his personal victories. And somehow the church fails to explain this. They kind of think it's okay To shine and bling bling, everything is good. But then at the end of the day, it's a mess at back home. And this is why I always say this to you. And I always say this to everywhere where I go and teach. I am a big fat zero in front of you if I am a mess in my family. You understand what I'm saying? My first ministry comes not here. My first ministry not preaching. My first ministry is not going to the nations and preaching the gospel. My first ministry is not taking life groups. My first ministry is not how many people like my status when I go live. That's at least I worry about. What's my first ministry is happy wife, happy life. Mad wife, sad life. That's my first ministry. My first ministry is my kids are happy to see daddy when he comes home. Not like, oh, daddy is home. Why the persecution started again? It's a double life. We live a dubious life. We live stage life and off stage life. But that's where we miss the whole point. That's why many times the sound engineers don't follow Jesus because the worship leaders have a different attitude backstage. And they look at them and say, you say, Hosanna, Hosanna. But then backstage, you are cursing. And the pastors, they preach three-point sermon. But then at, at home, they are messing around. And that's my prayer. And this is the prayer of Billy Graham. He says every day when he puts his feet on the ground, he said this. I'm not sure he says this now because it's close to 100. But this is how he used to pray. Lord Jesus Help me not to do anything stupid that puts your name down. What is that? It's all about aligning your life with the life of Jesus. So character is who you are and charisma is what you do. So last week we talked about the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Why I'm saying it's a spillover of the same last week's service because it's going to continue... With this statement, the first one is Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. That means Holy Spirit is the one that tells us, "Hey, your spirit needs God's spirit." That's why we made a differentiate between the anointing in you and the anointing that comes upon you. The anointing in you is one John two twenty seven. That is to edify you, to bring you close to Jesus. The anointing that comes upon you is Acts chapter one verse eight. That equips you for the body of Christ. And we all said it. We can say it again. The Holy Spirit in me is for my comfort. The Holy Spirit that comes upon me is for the benefit of others. So this is why I wrote down these three things. Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. Number two, the disciples baptizes us in water. So there are three stages in Christianity. The first one is the salvation, right? The Holy Spirit baptizes uh, in Jesus so we came to we come to know that we need a savior we are trying to fill that vacuum with all sorts of stuff passion position possession sex salary status being clever cute and you know and whatever and nothing fills us so what happens the holy spirit inside he's is giving this prompting he says you need this vacuum to be filled by the one who created this vacuum in the first place his name is called Jesus. That's why we say Abba, Father. Amen. That's salvation. The second one is disciples baptizes in Jesus in water. What does that mean? So that the second stage is you publicly tell the world you belong to Jesus. You belong to the, God's family. So last, actually, day before yesterday, it was Teresa. We took her to amrithi Falls, and she publicly told the world that she belongs to Jesus by taking baptism. And baptism does not save you but it tells the world you are saved so that's what we do the second one that's that's why i said disciples baptizes us in water i didn't say pastors baptizes so i'm praying in papa's house one day you will baptize more people than your pastor hello Heresy! Some of you might, may be thinking, but that's exactly what the Bible says. The Bible does not give you qualification. You have to be a pastor to baptize. The Bible says if you are a disciple of Jesus, you can baptize people. Amen? And I believe one day you will meet someone in the, in your little booth in your hospital, and then you will take them to cafeteria, and then you will take them to Pala River, which is going to be flooding and you will baptize them in Jesus' name. You don't need to book an appointment with Charles. The Lord has anointed you. Amen? So, that's the second stage. The third one, Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. You see the sequence? The Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. The disciples baptizes us in water. And Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. That is called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So first stage is the salvation. Second stage is the discipleship. The third stage is now you are taking the message to the world. And you're not walking in your own strength. You're walking in the fullness of God. Amen? So this is what we call the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But in this, we didn't have time to wrap it up last week because I felt... We need to finish by, by asking people to experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So we had a time of prayer. But now, when we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, many times people think like, okay, now we are focusing more on the gifts. What about the fruit? You know, the church is divided into either, you know, holy rollers or frozen popsicles. They are divided in these two. So some of them are very fruity and some of them are very nutty. But I believe fruit and nut makes a good combination, right? One of the Cadbury chocolates, fruit and nut is my favorite. Hello. So my birthday comes, you know what to give. So anyway, let's stay focused. I just wanted to clarify some misconceptions about the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There is a tendency, some churches... And even if we don't watch out, we can swing to the other side. We can be more, you know, focused on the gifts of the Holy Spirit and less focused on the fruit. But I believe this is a balance God wants us to live. So I will tell you why we need to have a balance in the later part of the sermon. But this is going to be helpful for you. Gifts versus fruit. The difference between the gifts and the fruit. So let's roll over. Let's look at what are the gifts. By the way, there are three categories of Gifts. The first one, which is not there on the screen, which is called the office gifts. And the office gifts is what we call in the Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 13. There's a five-fold ministry. Everybody knows that. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Repeat this after me. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. These are called office gifts. So the office gifts is in everyone in a different order. Okay. Some of you might be evangelistic. Some of you might be teacher. Some of you naturally they are pastors. You know, like for example, I can pick one of us like Swetha. She has got a more a pastor That's why there is like a more magnet connection. Many people like, aka, aka, akka, you know. And that's because there is a tendency. And my wife, She's also the kind of, like, she comes along, people, you know, they won't say an opinion. They will just sit there as a soundboard to listen. That's how you feel comfortable to hang out. You know, for me, it's like the Holy Spirit. I want to be more, like, you know, affirming. That's more my character. So our order in this office gifts could be different. But we all carry this office gifts. Okay, so the sad part is the religion kind of highlighted some and diminished some. So we think we need to be an apostle. Everybody wants to be an apostle. That's why, you know, everybody carries an apostle and the chef's hat and the stick walks around, you know. And then prophet, prophet. One prophecy, he made up then, ten prophecies, one came true, prophet. An evangelist. And then the short word is Eva. Eva. And one day they put a wall poster on my name, Eva Charles. I said, Who is that woman in the front of my name? And they found out it's my name, it's evangelist, you know, and then Pastor. And Tamil people cannot say pastor, they say Baster. Because the P cannot be pronounced properly. So they they invited me, Bastor Charles, come. I'm like, please call me Charles. I feel like you're cursing me, you know. <laughs> So, God never told us to elevate the gifts. God told elevate Jesus. Amen? So, this is the office gifts. Okay, but I'm just running faster because I want to come to the point. I'm going to land my plane. Okay, let's go to the next one. So, there are two major gifts. The first one is called the charismatic gifts, which is the spiritual gifts. There are nine of them. This is what majority of the church talks about. You can just drop it. These are the nine of them. First Corinthians 12, from verses 8 to 10, it talks about the wisdom, the knowledge. Can we all say this? Look at the screen. You can just repeat this after me. Wisdom, knowledge, discernment, prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues, faith, healings, and miracles. Okay, these are the main gifts. Most of the time, the church highlights it. But there are other gifts, which I call it practical gifts, which, in other words, motivational gifts. You can still read that in 1 Corinthians 12, 28, and also in Romans 12, 4 through 8. There are seven gifts are there, which seldomly talks about those gifts. We church, we ignore those kind of stuff. Let's look at the screen again, and we read this again. Service. Come on, everyone. Service. Exhortation. <laughs> giving. Leadership, mercy, help, administration. See, the Bible says all those gifts came from the same spirit. Say it with me, same spirit. But what happened? The religion kind of divided it, highlighted a few things. So the lady who sits as a clerk and does the pick up the phone call, she's an excellent administrator. She can pick up a phone call, she can write stuff, and she can still talk with her eyes to the friends. They are multi-talented. A guy cannot do that. So, but that's her gift. People will be like, ah, she's just an ordinary clerk. But then apostle is coming. You understand? So this is how the church has celebrated some gifts and diminished few gifts. There is always one or two guys. They come early and they leave late. They are the ones, hidden heroes of the church. You know who are the hidden heroes of Papa's house? The team of Papa's house. They come at 7.30 in the morning. We pray for half an hour. 8 o'clock they are here, setting up everything. 9, my wife comes here. We do the practice for an hour. 10 o'clock we start. We finish at 12, and we wrap it up. By the time we go, it's 1.30. And after lunch... Still, Linu and James help me edit entire sermon, put it on SoundCloud. So our day finishes at 5.30. When we start? seven, 7.30. Before 7.30, they have to get up, have their breakfast, and most importantly, have their quiet time. That is part of the guidelines of Papa's house. You can't have your corporate anointing to sustain your personal life. You need to have your personal. So they get up probably around at 5.30, 6, you know. Why I'm saying those? These are hidden heroes we hardly notice. In the kingdom, these gifts are all given for one purpose. Why? To bring edification to the church. Encouragement. First Corinthians 14 verse 2 says, It's for edification, comfort, and encouragement. You get the point? So these are the two category of gifts. The charismatic gifts and the motivational gifts. And then, let's look at the fruit. You know the fruit. The fruit are from the Galatians you may know. uh, It's nine of them. Love. Everybody say love. Love. Joy. Come on. Love. Joy. Peace. Patience. Kindness. Goodness. Faithfulness. Gentleness. And self-control. Okay. So, patience does not mean you give up. Patience basically means not giving up. Patience means holding on to the promise of God. And love and self control are like the book hence on a shelf. Everything you do, you do it with love. And the spirit of prophecy is subjected to the prophet. That's why self control. You don't say, Oh, the spirit came in me, I became a lunatic. Last week, that's why we said, the spirit in you don't make you a lunatic, it makes you to bring the fragrance of Jesus. Amen? Now we're going to go to the main subject. So I'm just giving you a backdrop about the gifts and the fruit. So now we're going to ask these four questions that will really help us to sustain the character versus charisma. In other words, the next word is the gifts versus fruit. We ask these four simple questions. What happens? The first one, when we receive the gifts, we receive it instantly, okay? The gifts in you are already packed inside of you, okay? If you are an apostle, it's inside of you. You are a trail bracer, you are a troublemaker, you are an encourager, you are a prophet. You know, what is a prophet? Prophet is someone cries and everyone is laughing, That's the role of a prophet. He sees things different. He always wants to fix stuff. That's the role of a prophet. What is an evangelist? He always wants to share what is inside of him. So these office gifts are already inside of you. It's a matter of learning what's inside of you through reading the manual and also the author of the manual. Amen? That's why it's important relationship. There is a test called... Bricks test, I don't know, Miles Bricks, sometimes they call it your strength finder. I'm not against that strength finder. But the best way to find your strength is go on a water fast for three days. You will find out what are the things that comes out. It will always comes out or some of the stuff, you know, irritation, all those nonsense will come out. Then you will find out what's your strength and what's your weakness. So the gifts are received instantly but whereas the fruit the character in word it's developed progressively that means you need to work with the holy spirit to develop those fruit you don't go to lord and say lord give me patience now it doesn't work you understand you don't say god i need you know love right now no every time that's why i always say when I met her 10 years ago, when she was running towards me and say, please marry me, that was 10 years ago, my love for her was little. And 10 years from now, 10 years after, my love towards Eunice is not the same love when I met her in 2007. It's increased more. Why? Because this is, it's developed progressively. And, and that's how it is. When you ask me 10 years from now on, if I stay the same love, probably I've never grown in love with her. But it should increase more and more. That's why we pray this prayer, Lord, increase the awareness of your presence. Amen. The more we come to know who lives inside of us, where we are seated, our fruit is developed progressively. So second question. Is it clear? Okay. The second one. Why we need the gifts? It's a very important question. Why we need the gifts? It's very simple. To have a Jesus-style ministry. Do you want to have a Jesus-style ministry? That's why in the book of Acts, chapter 1 says, Jesus began to do and teach. We are doing it. So you don't have a ministry. I don't have a ministry. Jasmine does not have a ministry. We all have what ministry? The ministry of Jesus. Jesus began to do And to teach, whatever he began, I'm continuing it. Amen? What is the Jesus-style ministry? Somebody actually read this morning, Isaiah 61. When my wife said, start reading. What is the ministry of Jesus? The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to bind up the brokenhearted, set the captives free, heal those who are sick, you know, preach the good news to the poor, proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, which is exactly the same thing Jesus. Actually doing it 700 years later in the book of Luke, chapter 4, verse 18, when the synagogue, everybody was sitting and the scroll was given because this time they didn't have a book. Thank God we have a book. Otherwise, we'll be having all the scroll, you know, was given. He read this and he folded and he gave it back. And the eyes of all of them were gazed upon him. And he said, today, this scripture has been fulfilled. And he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Amen. So you and me need to have a ministry. What is it, ministry? Jesus-style ministry. If people ask you, what's your ministry? You can say, what Jesus began and teach, I'm doing it. Amen? If you don't know your ministry, that is the best place to understand your ministry. What is your ministry? Whatever Jesus began to do. What Jesus did? He healed the sick, cast the demon, raised the dead, cleansed the lepers. This is what he did. He was compassionate. He was loving. That's what we're going to go to the next part. Why we need the fruit? To have a Jesus-style character. You see, I can come here and I can say all sorts of nice PowerPoint, very good sermons that fills your notes, but then when I go back in my home, I'm cursing around Or when I'm sitting alone, I'm fooling around in my computer. Which is not going to be cool in the eyes of God. You understand? So that's why I need to have a Jesus-style character. What is Jesus-style character? When he saw his best friend died and his sisters were crying, he wept with them. Though he was 100% God, he was 100% human. He didn't say, you know what, don't cry. Nonsense, I'm going to raise him up. He didn't do all sorts of mandra, nothing like that. He was compassionate. That's why every time when Jesus touched the lepers, the Pharisees, the Pharisees, and the Sadducees, Sadducee, we always get irritated. Why? Because under the covenant, holiness is not contagious. Sin is contagious. But Jesus was modeling something new. What was he modeling? Under the new covenant, sin is not contagious Holiness is contagious. Hello? Are you getting my point? So that's why when he went and he touched that person, everybody was like freaking out. You touched and you're not washing your hands, you're eating. And Jesus has to say, amen. This is not about what goes inside. What matters inside is the most important thing. So he was actually remodeling a new lifestyle, which is basically in the new covenant, holiness is contagious. I prophesy over you. You are in the midst of non-Christian friends. But because of Jesus in you, the atmosphere changes. Amen? Because of Jesus in you, the fragrance changes. The because of Jesus in you, people around you start stop cursing. Because of Jesus in you, people start thinking differently. You know, I always try to think in certain ways that makes me Understand That's my personality. I want to make sure that I get it in a simple way, but it's profound. That's my way of thinking. So, why there are still people who don't follow Jesus? Only two reasons. One, they have never met a Christian. Number two, they have met a Christian. You understand? They have never met a Christian... Or they have met a Christian. You see, for example, John chapter 4. Jesus was with the story with Samaritan lady. Right? Okay. The Samaritans and the Jews, they are like really messed up. Okay. How the first she says, you know the Greek word, actually when the lady mentioned about Jews, it's actually like this. That's how it measured. It means... Ah, you disgusting Jew. Okay? Then she says, Sir, how do you know this? I have. Are you a prophet? You see that? And then finally she says, You are the Messiah. From, Ha! And then, Sir, are you a prophet? Messiah. She left the pot and left. When people who don't know Jesus come at us and say, huh? Wow! and they go back. It's actually the opposite effect. And I prophecy over you in the name of Jesus, when people look at you, the same Jesus who is in you will be so attractive for the others who don't know Jesus. Amen? So that's why we need this Jesus style character. It's very important that how we profess our lifestyle, personal life, you know. Number three, third question what happens when we receive the gifts the power of god manifested the word dynamis which basically means boom you know the holy spirit is revealed you see the kingdom of god comes in a tangible way we go around we lay hands on people and we say hey receive the blessings people get healed people get set free the depression leaves the captive spirit which whatever it is upon that person relieves and people are like how did it happen you know, people don't have a vocabulary for it. They will say, the vibration in your place is very good. The aroma in your place is very good. The fragrance you carry, the energy you carry is very good. What is that? The power of God is in you. is bringing people to a place where they don't know what to say. They just blabber like Peter. He saw Jesus, Elijah, Moses. He's like, oh, let's put a t- three tent. Let's sit here. Uh, hello? You might do the same. Imagine suddenly you check your account and you have a million dollar in your account. What do you do? You'll be like, yesu nada. You will do that? You'll be like screaming, jumping, doing all sorts of nonsense, right? You'll scream, you'll do. And, and that's exactly what Peter was doing when he saw Jesus transfigured. Moses was there, Elijah was there. He was like, wow, dad, let's not go down. Let's put three tents. Let's have kumbaya. And Jesus has to like, let's come and finish the work, you know. And that's exactly what happens. The power of God manifests. People are like, wow, how this has happened. And you all had stories. Like how Jesus set people free. Amen. That's why we need the gifts. But the fruit, the holiness of God is revealed. What does that mean? That your character matches your charisma. Your personal life. Integrity. You know what is integrity? Integrity is doing the right thing when no one is watching. We can all do the right thing now. We are sitting in Papa's house. It's all holy face. But no one is watching. What are you doing? You know what is integrity for me? When no one is watching what I am doing. I am doing the right thing or a wrong thing. So, how am I fixing my finances? Am I cheating on my taxes? Or am I paying my taxes? Or I'm taking care of the environment or I'm just trashing everywhere or watering the garden everywhere. Some of the men took the responsibility to water the garden everywhere. How are you going to do? This is how you do. The holiness of God revealed. That's why Jesus was always attracted by sinners. Why? The sinners, they looked at Jesus and they said, this guy is a real deal. He can understand me. That's why the religious people hated Jesus. Why? Because Jesus highlighted that it's not external modification that matters. It's internal heart transformation that matters. Amen. You can appear good, but inside you can stink. You can appear everything looks like, wow, this guy is spotless, but inside you are really nasty. And that's my prayer for you. That's the prayer for my life. That the power of God not only will manifest, but the holiness of God. Amen. That every time we will live in a way that honors God. Because the blessed presence of the Holy Spirit, I don't want to lose it. That's why we need the holiness of God. Last question. How the gifts are exercised? By constant exercise. Okay. It's in you, but you have to exercise. Right? Like, for example, Teresa, when she came four months ago, it was in her, the keyboard. I still remember... The first time when she came, we said to her, play keyboard. She said, yes. She nodded like Indian, yes and no. She learned that very well in the first week itself. And we said to her, and I thought she got like little hunch. I thought she drank a couple of more coffees, you know. And and she was like, she was going like this because, why? Because inside, the, the gifts inside of her was not exercised. But right now you see her, how she's constantly exercise. The gifts in you, it's for the body of Christ so that you can constantly exercise. If you're called to preach, preach well. If you're called to encourage, encourage well. If you're called to heal, heal well. If you're called to speak life over people, speak life over them. If you're called to uh, administrate, administrate well. If you're called to lead, lead well. If you're called to give, give well. That's constant exercise. But the last one, how are we going to connect with the, receive the Holy Spirit is continued cooperation. One is constant exercise. Another one is continued cooperation, which basically you and your spirit and the Holy Spirit works together. That's why the Bible says the Holy Spirit is in you. Spirit of God helps you to cry out Abba, Father, which basically, in other words, that your spirit gets lost in the Spirit of God. So when people look at you, they say, wow, you reflect Jesus. The way you talk, the way you handle your finances, the way you deal with relationship, the way you handle betrayal, the way you handle gossip, you reflect Jesus. What is that? Your spirit is continued to work and cooperating with the Holy Spirit. So let's wrap it up, these four things. These are the four important reasons why Uh, We need to understand the the challenges and also um, the differences between the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The office gifts is for everyone. But the practical and the motivational is given in your own DNA mix. But you need to find out which is the way you find out is to read the manual and to get connected with God, who is the author of the manual. But the gifts and the fruit are given in such a way that when you keep the balance, Jesus is glorified. We are praying in Papa's house. One of the main key things we are praying, we are praying every week to Psalms 24. Psalms 24 talks about the king of glory will come. Who is the king of glory? The Lord Almighty. And I started reading the Psalms 24 in message version. And I want to just highlight a couple of verses there. And if you have your Bible, you can turn with me to Psalms Uh, 24. We will read 3 and 4. Who can climb Mount God? Who can scale the holy north face? Only the clean-handed and only the pure-hearted. Men who own cheat and women who own seduce. It says in the NIV, it says clean hands and pure heart. But in this message version it tells that men who own cheat women who own seduce. And this is the prayer of my heart for all of us. This is a prayer for me, for my wife, and for our staff, and everyone in Papa's house, that we will live a life of holiness in such a way that the world will look at us and say, wow, I need that. I need that. And that's why I always say charisma will take you to the top, but it is the character that keeps you on the top. In other words, your ability will put you on the limelight, but it is your humility that keeps you on the limelight. Amen. And this is the prayer of my heart, that you will continue to walk with this two truths intention. You need the gifts, but at the same time, in order to live a lifestyle, you need the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Amen.